Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar, along with my special guest today for you, Jeremy Crabtree. Jeremy, want to say hello, Jeremy? Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. Jeremy is all about his business, which is primarily poets. Poets Coffee House. That's right. In Cookville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. right on the square. And then Jeremy has uh, some other business interests as well, as as we've found with most business people. And I'm going to ask him a little bit about how he got started with this, but because it's a very successful business. And people all, everyone I've met in this area says, oh, I'll meet you at Poets. Well, that's an exciting thought. And then you get there and there's no poet. But there's a, it's a great place. It's great coffee. It's great. Uh, the the employees are very friendly and outgoing. Y- if you go to the back room where there's a big library, you actually walk through the kitchen kind of thing. You know, it's a di- it's a different environment, and it works. It's very successful, and uh, ha- ha- you since opened um, uh, Poet South. Poet South. You now you have Poet's Kitchen. Poet's Kitchen. Yep. And um, and a couple other businesses we'll let you talk about in a minute. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um, maybe you could tell us a little bit, um, Jeremy, about what what prompted you to get into this business in the first place, and how that how that's worked for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've been I think it's six years now since I I bought Poets Coffee. Um, I'd been in the nonprofit world for about eight years. Um, I lived in Memphis and then lived in Dallas and uh, just, it was time. Me and the wife had decided it was time to do something else. And so we wanted to get closer to home somewhere in the South, Tennessee, somewhere. She's from Memphis and I'm from here. So we wanted to be closer to family because we'd started having kids. And uh, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And my brother-in-law called and said, Hey, I've heard that Poets, uh, it was called Poets on the Square at the time, is for sale. Would you be interested? And ironically, I had actually worked at Poets when I was in college. Is that right? Yeah, I went to Tennessee Tech and worked at, at Poets. And I was like, I've actually never really considered owning a coffee shop. I, I don't know. And so. Um, Were you a coffee drinker? Uh, yeah, I liked coffee. Uh, (laughs) That was the extent of my coffee. I mean, I'd worked there in in college and I Uh I liked coffee. And so, uh, me and the wife kicked that around a little bit and nothing else really looked promising or, or I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So we decided, Hey, you know, let's, let's take a chance on this and and see. And, uh, being in the nonprofit world, you know, I did not have any money. And so we had to kind of convince the previous owner to owner finance, um, for us. And so, uh, he decided to do that and agreed to that. And so, yeah, we packed up our family from Dallas, Texas and moved back, uh, to Cookville to, uh, kind of see what it would be like <laughs> that, to own a coffee shop. That must've been a different feeling uh, for you to come back here after going to school here and everything. And what, what's your wife's name? Uh, Lauren. Lauren. Yep. And you have uh, 85 children, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Just three right now. Just, Just three. three yeah. It must seem like 85 sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, some, yeah, depending on the day it does. Yeah. Uh, how, how old are they? Um, they're, they're, you know, three of them. Jacob is eight, Ruthie is six, and John is three. Oh, uh, so. you've got your hand. That's yeah. 85. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, two years apart. Uh, so. Yeah, and they don't drink coffee yet, we hope. Uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Um, well, that's great. And so that was a, a very unusual set of circumstances that brought you back here and, right. and um, got set up with that. And then, and then from there, how did it go? You had to earn the money to, to pay this off mm-hmm. as you went through mm-hmm. it. And um, um, was it ups and downs? Were you, uh, you know, panicking sometimes? Right. And, right. Uh, how, how helpful was Lauren about it? What, yeah. You know, give us a little flavor of that. Right, and, right. You know, well, when I was when I worked there in college, it seemed like a very um, it seemed like a great place for everyone in the community. I like to refer to it as it felt like Cookville's living room, um, where you know depend, it didn't depend on age or anything. It was you know people there on dates or high school kids with their friends or people having you know a business meeting or whatever, and so. Um, that's what it was like in college. It had gone through a few different owners since that time. And so when I was just decided to take it back over, it kind of turned more into like a more of just a college kind of feel like just college kids hung out right. there. It was, um, you know, which that's just what the previous owner had, had that had kind of been what she was going for. And so I knew that I wanted to change it to, to what it was, to kind of a place where everyone felt welcome. Everyone wanted to be there. And so. We did a few things. We uh, we remodeled um, what little money we had. We we spent to to paint and and then we would do little remodels as we made some money. Um, but uh, uh, my wife is kind of the mastermind behind the look and the feel of all the locations. She's really good at that. So she kind of came up with a vision of what it would feel like. And we kind of rebranded and changed the name from Poets on the Square to Poets Coffee just to kind of simplify right. the brand. Um, yeah. And so we moved here, and it was funny. Uh, they'd get, they'd send us the numbers before we decided to to buy the business. And one night I stayed up really late, kind of crunching the numbers the best I knew how. And the next morning, uh, when Lauren woke up, I was like, I don't, I don't think we can make money doing this. Um, and so we kind of walked into it knowing, like, unless we make this thing happen, we'll it it'll fall apart. And so the first month we made five hundred dollars. <laughs> at the end of the month. Um, and so that was obviously the first, like, this is, this is owning a business right here. Um, this is the first down. Um, the first month was exciting, you know, right. trying to learn everything and employees on that kind of stuff. But then you get that $500 check and you're like, wow, yes. <laughs> I um, understand that. Yeah. Um, how are we going to do this? And then, but slowly and surely as we continue to change things, as we, some of it was kind of the culture, Um, and some of it was just common business sense. Like we need higher, we need to make more money on these products. We're not making enough money. We can't, you know, uh, we're not getting enough money out of this muffin. So let's, you know, increase the price of that muffin. So some of that stuff came into play. That's when all that stuff kind of started. How how did you have that delicate balance of how much to increase the muffin by? I mean, that's a, that's a good example. Right. I mean, you increase it a nickel, a dollar, or what? You know, so how do you how do you look at something like that and and come up with an answer? Right, right. Uh, if you're going from what someone's used to paying to needing to increase increase it, how we would do it is we would do it incrementally over like a six month period. So, say a muffin was two fifty, but we need it to be three fifty, and it's actually worth three fifty. We would maybe knock it up twenty five cents about every you know, four to six months and, you know, slowly get there as opposed to no one wants to come in and their favorite muffins now a dollar more. Yes. And so, um, and so that's kind of how we would do it. And, you know, and and the value was there. It was just undervalued at the time. So we were just trying to help people understand the value of what they're getting over time. 
Well, I'm talking about the value, um, I was showing uh, I was showing Jeremy a copy of a book I just got called All About Them, Them, T-H-E-M, and it's Grow Your Business by Focusing on Others. It's a book by Bruce Turk Turkel, or Turkel, I'm not sure which. I will try to contact him to find out. But um, it was sent to me by a very dear friend of mine, John Olson, in... Um, Michigan, and he uh, he thought it would be something I'd be interested in, and I am, and it applies to Jeremy and his business, and we were just talking about it before the show. What are today's consumers buying is the question that everybody has to ask, and um, what what's being found out, as described in the book, is that while people exchange, uh, you know, money for different things, that when you go into a place like Poets, you see people sitting around, um, maybe reading the newspaper, checking their phones, typing on their laptops, meeting with business associates, getting together with friends. And inside, there's usually a line of people waiting to order espressos or whatever these fancy coffees are. <laughs> I, I, I just drink regular coffee. But but so for many years, um, lives in um, the United States have revolved around uh, three main locales, the home, the workplace, and what's come to be known now as the third place. And so uh, Poets kind of fits that description because it's uh, people go there. It's a, uh, it's a very special kind of uh, escape in a sense, and it's also a way to um, – to be relaxed and and conduct business, or you know, build on a relationship or whatever it is, um, and and gets you away from the desk and away from the house and away from the kids if that's what you want, and uh, mm -hmm. um, and it's working, you know, and and so I th I asked Jeremy if this was something that he was uh, had worked with and built yeah. on, and, and yeah. is it? I think what's important when you're thinking about this third place is. People love to have a place where they feel like they belong. I think that plays a huge part in when you're creating spaces for that, that, that someone feels comfortable. Um, that I think it also helps, too, sometimes that we're in a small town, so you're going to run into people you know, and, and, and that kind of gets that, that living room feel a little bit. But, um, you know, I think feeling like you belong there, I think um, – you know, people being known. And also I think it's important that uh, people, the sweetest thing that people hear is their name. And so um, we try really hard to have folks that you get to, you know, like you would at a bar or something, you get to know these people, you get to know their stories and, and they get to know your baristas and their stories. And so it's this place where you feel, you feel like you belong, people know you and you want to be there. Um, that's right. why we're probably the number one place for people to have a business meeting is because it's comfortable and it's relaxing and it's inviting. And so um, that's what we're trying to do with poets. We're trying to make everyone feel welcome. And even as best I know how, try to kind of blend this business and having these employees. But and if you ask my employees, I try to refer to us as a family as much as I can, as 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 you work for me, but I want to take care of you and I want to be there for you and we need to do that for each other. And I think that helps create an environment inside your business where people want to pick up shifts for other people and they want to, and they want to be able to kind of get each other's back. And so we have this environment at poets where a lot of our baristas hang out together outside of work. It's not this place that they're just there together at work, but they're friends and they develop friendships. Mm -hmm. And so um, all of that plays 
into that because if if you walk into a place and the employees are happy and they feel like they're in a place they belong, then customers are going to feel like they belong there too. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to find out uh, how you made it work and what else you're doing these days because I understand you're pretty busy. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, so we, you know, we'll look to that and we ask you if you have any questions or you have something specific you want to ask Jeremy, um, put his name in the, um, a t- in the subject line of an email, just put Jeremy and send it to me, Hal at businessworks with an S on the end dot US. Um, I'll be happy to forward it along to him immediately. So, um, and if you don't want me to read it, say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar and our guest today, Jeremy Crabtree of Poets Coffee House in Cookville, Tennessee, and uh, on the square. But uh, Jeremy has some other biz, business interests as well as we started to talk during the break and uh, just before we got going here. And I'd like to have him share that with you, if you wouldn't mind, um, to tell us a little bit about how you went from the coffee house to another location, to another location, and and now into another business and and now, even more recently, into still another business. So you've got all these, now you've got, what, five or six things right, going on. Right, right, Can you share a little bit how that happened and, and what it's been like for you? With Poets Coffee, it was growing. It was kind of, we kind of hit this place where um, we we were maxed out almost all the time at Poets. And it was hard to find parking, hard to find a seat. And so people were kind of leaving because there wasn't anywhere to sit. And so... Um, I knew I needed to expand and, and, and create another place. And um, there was another coffee shop just two blocks away, but I had a drive through and, you know, kind of with some of these business ideas, part of it's just my entrepreneur, like enjoying to do that. But right. some of it too is, you know, how do I serve these people, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and some of that was, well, moms, cause I was now married to a mom, you know, she has kids in the car. It's not easy for her to come to poets to get them out. And, and, and so that was what's huge with the drive through is like, well, now that gives them a place to, you know, come grab a cup of coffee, not have to eat the kids out of the car and things like that. And so, um, so that's about two years in, we decided, you know, I, you know, approached them was like, Hey, I love what you guys are doing. We're looking to do something else. If you ever are interested in selling, I'd love to be first in line. And, happened to be that they were they were ready to do something else and so um, within about four weeks we owned it and uh, did some renovation and rebranded and named it poet south just because it's south of poets but kind of keeping that poet's name because that's what people love in the environment and so try to create a little bit different environment there you know it's got bigger windows so there's more light and and things like that but still give it that poet's feel and so um, that's how kind of that one came about. And, uh, we're really big into it, it all being one entity. So baristas can work at different locations. So if you get to know a barista, he could be at poets, he could be at poet South, he could now be at poets right, kitchen. Right. And so just kind of creating that. And that's a freestanding unit. Now, and not, yes. not, you know, so the first, so this is a totally different kind of right. you know, entity. Right, know, right, 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 right. Um, and so, um, my wife jokes that, I have to do something new about every two years. So <laughs> there's poets, it was poet South. And then there was on, on the West side of town. I just kind of always loved that little part of town. And we'd seen a lot of success, not just with coffee, but also with food. 
And so, but we've never had a full kitchen. And so we thought, you know, what would it be like if we had a full kitchen? What could we do with that? And so um, we finally kind of were able to rent this little spot that I've eyed for about a year and a half. And named? We, and we named it Poet's Kitchen. Poet's Kitchen. Yes, and, which is still the coffee shop environment, but it's just a little more food driven. And it's on the little side street there on the west side. Right. It's a, a, maybe a... Not not even a football field away from the train station. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 18 North Cedar okay. is, is where it's at. And so, um, and, and the same thing with that is, um, you know, we have these two places and this was kind of a fun kind of third idea to see, you know, if, if, if we could make poets work in a little more food environment, still very much coffee and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and, and, and we got to, you know, once again, use kind of the feel of what we've done. And, and in a restaurant environment and, as well, because there are a few places there right on that same strip there. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And so that one's, it's only been open about five and a half months. So we're mm-hmm. still learning and trying to figure that out a little bit. But that was, that that, that came about. And so, and, and the way the other ones came about, it's kind of, I feel like, businesses just can grow on top of each other. So, you know, we were selling retail, buying retail from places and, um, and, you know, you buy that for, you know, $5, you sell it for 10, you you double your money. That's kind of how wholesale works. And so I was like, well, what if I created my own products, um, that people would like? And so then I can buy it for $3 and sell it for 10. And so the margins are better if you can create your own products. And so I've always loved Tennessee and, uh, and so I created a little brand called Tennessee Outfitters, and it was literally just kind of a, um, just a celebration of Tennessee. Not a restaurant. Not a restaurant. <laughs> just a just a, a a lifestyle brand, if you will. Uh-huh. And so some hats and some shirts and socks and stickers kind of came out of that, um, and did really well. And uh, so that kind of grew into this business where people could order online and and and, and things like that. Where do we order online? Ten uh, Outfitters dot com. T e n n Outfitters. It's the old abbreviation for Tennessee. Okay. Before they went to the you know T n, but uh, it's Ten Outfitters dot com. And so so then we had that business, and so I came up with this really fun idea. Um, not only do I love Tennessee, I I love I'm, I'm, I love that I'm from the South. I love the South, even though you know the South has its issues. Uh, you know the <laughs> the Southern hospitality, the the heart of I think what the South really is, I really can't, love. Can't be replaced and it can't be copied. Exactly, I, exactly. I know that for sure. Um, and and being proud of that, I, with Tennessee Outfitters, I thought, well, what what if we took some of these Southern phrases that we heard our our grandfathers and grandmothers say or that we say every day that we don't even think about, but it's like kind of the root and heart of the South. So such as? Such as uh, <laughs> bless your heart or ah. well, I'll be or funny things like dad gummit or, um, <laughs> you know, darn tootin'. Just these <laughs> just these phrases that just are so Southern. And so we just started putting those on stickers um, and realized that um, that that people bought those things like crazy. And, and it's like an emotional, almost an emotional attachment. People would be digging through these stickers and see something like fine and dandy and be like, Oh my, my grandfather always said fine and dandy. And so it was kind of a, a little bit of a celebration of who we are in the South and, 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 and things like that. And so we, uh, we, we want to broaden the kind of broaden the, you know, spectrum for the, the people that would buy those products. And so we started the brand called good Southerner 
and uh, started making stickers, and that thing's just kind of taken off. And, <laughs> That's great. And now we uh, sell Southern stickers. All right. Well, I got one for you. Um, I, I had an exchange student recently from Japan who was here in Cookville, and um, when we got acquainted, I wrote down on a piece of paper a Southern word mm-hmm. and explained it, but not, not until there were some questions about right, it. So, right. And it was all, I made it all one word. And it was, y'all come back now, yeah? <laughs> and, so, yeah, and, and, yeah. and this poor student couldn't figure that out at all. It took a while. We had, yeah. to, we had to draw lines through each word. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Know, but, but it, of course, y'all come back now, yeah? It sounds, yeah. sounds like one word. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, well, that's great. I think you, so your sticker business is um, is, is starting to grow, and you're, and you're, where are you with that? And yeah, it's kind of, we've actually kind of slowed down the Tennessee Outfitters because the Good Southerner thing's been been so big. And, um, you know, we've kind of really grown that thing on the wholesale side. You mugs, too, did I think? We have some mugs yeah. and some shirts. Now, Tennessee Outfitters kind of started as a retail brand, mm-hmm. and that's where they, but, but Good Southerner, we tried to start as a wholesale brand. And so we have between 150, 200 wholesale accounts, and we sell, we sell these stickers to not just people in the South. We have vendors in California, North Dakota, Washington, and the South is almost becoming a brand. And, and, so, and that's based where? That's not in Cookville, right? It was started in Cookville, but it's now based in Nashville. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, we kind of, um, they're, they're printed in New York, and but then they ship out of Nashville, Tennessee. It's uh, refreshing to hear how you've done this and how you've gone about it. And I'm sure it will be inspiring to a lot of young people uh, and and maybe uh, some retirees who are thinking about coming back into the work world as well. Um, because these are the ingredients that spell success. And it, it's not just going headstrong into a project. It is using the resources around you and knowing which resources you really need to mm-hmm. have um, uh, helping you. Um, are there any closing thoughts you might have that you want to share with uh, with the listeners here? Um, I think the last thing for me, and I, I, I enjoy business, I enjoy creating something, but it's not what I'm all about. I think for me, I, I'm all about my family. And so I never want to create a business that takes me away from my family. And so that's some of the businesses I've created help me they don't take me away from home. You know, they kind of keep me there because I can run them from my house. And so for me, you know, I hear, I talk to a lot of people that are just burned out because they work all the time and way too much. And I've, I work really hard to not be busy when it comes to my family. And so um, I'd rather something at my business suffer than miss out being with my family because I can't get that back. I can always start another business. I can always grow something, but I can't take these years back with my family. And so I just try to focus on what's really important. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeremy Crabtree and Poets, and we hope to have you back here yeah, at some point. Love to. Uh, it's been a great guest. Thank you all. Have a wonderful week, uh, day, month, year, whatever's going on for you, and uh, we'll look to see you more at the podcasts.